Amen, amen. Welcome everybody to Metro Praise International. If you could please stand up to your feet with us this morning. Let's get ready to worship the Lord. Before we enter into worship, we're going to have Rudy Santana testify this morning. Clap it up for Rudy. He's one of our Bible college students. He just has a heart for God, so he's just going to testify and close out in prayer as we enter into the presence of God this morning. Glory. Well, I'm just here to testify to what God did in my life. Um, you know, I've been saved for two, well, about two and a half years now. And one thing I can say of it being saved, I am not, I'm no longer part of the world. I'm no longer part of, you know, their standard, you know. Um, and um, when God redeemed me, like when I said yes to God, I w- he, he accepted me as his child and I accepted him as my father, you know, my, my, my heavenly father. And um, I noticed that with, with that, with him as my heavenly father, there comes a victory. There comes a victory over the world where... I'm no longer out there where the standards are. It's okay to kill your child anymore, you know. My standard is, you know, there's a holy God. And, you know, I'm striving to be like Jesus. And, and it's, I can't do it on my own. Of course, it's from the help of the Holy Spirit, which, which he gives us. You know, he gives us his Holy Spirit. But I want to read from a verse that really um, spoke out. It's from 1 John 5, 18. We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who was born of God keeps them safe, and the evil one cannot harm them. So if you're born of God, if you're a child of God, if you've been redeemed by Jesus, no enemy can harm you. No, no, no evil one can harm you. You're, you're born of God. That means like, just like you have, you know, you're, if you're a father, you have children, you'll do anything to keep them safe, would you not? Same, same way Jesus keeps us safe. And I felt that, that heavenly, you know, that fatherly hug when I said yes to Jesus. And that's the victory that comes with it where we can have confidence to say, you know what? My father is the God of all the universe and that no evil one can harm me. And when we raise our hands to God, that's, yeah, it says in the Bible to do it, but also that's an act of us saying, you know what, there's nothing else I could do, so here, God, take it all. And that's where I'm I'm here to testify that many people in this room have the same testimony I do, where they were in the world doing something. You know, glory to God, some people that never got into the world and went into the uh, influence of the evil one, but most people here have the same testimony where they came to know the Lord Jesus and he gave them something that they never had before, love. And with that, we're going to get ready to worship this God of the universe, the God that redeemed sinners and made them into saints. So, Lord, today we say hallelujah for what you've done, God.
those hands together this morning. There's no one like our God, church. There's no one that deserves a praise like him. Can we sing this to him? Your face outshines the brightest sun. Come on, tell him. Jesus, you're glorious. You are so glorious. On his eyes. With eyes that
the brightest sun, Jesus. Your eyes blaze like burning fire, Lord. All glory and dominion are in your hand, Jesus. There is no God like you. God, when the world worships entertainment, when they worship false gods, gods made of stone and wood, God, we stand here worshiping a God that is alive, that is real. The God that created those stones, that wood, God. Jesus, we worship an awesome God this morning. Oh, Jesus, we lift you up, God. King of kings and Lord of lords. I want us all over this room. Can we just close our eyes right now? All over this room, come on. This might be new to you. This might be old to you. But it's not old to me, getting into the presence of God. Let's think on Jesus right now. Let's think on our God this morning. He's great and mighty. Our provider, our deliverer. I want you to think on Jesus. Maybe this week you've just let yourself think falsehoods, things about God that aren't true. That God's not with you. That God doesn't care. That's not true. This morning we're going to look on you, God, the face of truth. That you love us. That you are real. That you are Lord of heaven and earth, God. That you care about your creation. We think on you, Jesus. We look to you, God. God, every heart, God, we open up to you. Come on, every heart is open to you this morning. Let's open up our hearts to him. Jesus, have your way in me right now, God. Have your way in me. Speak to me, Jesus. We just want you in this place, Lord. There's no God like you, Lord. No one like you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How we worship you, Jesus.
with the spirit right now can you just start speaking in tongues in this place we're going to build up our faith right now Who needs to trust in the Lord this morning? Come on, just raise your hands to him. 
alone. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're trusting him for. Come on right now. Just say, God, I trust you with this issue. Come on, tell him. Whether we're sick, whether we're healthy, whether we're in need or want, whether we have more than enough, come on, let's trust our God. This morning, if that's you, come on, raise your hands to Jesus. Say, God, I'm trusting you in this. What you will with my life, God, you have control.
What you do in my life, you make wonderful things out of me, Jesus. You make wonderful things out of me, Jesus. When you take us, you make broken things whole. When you take singing that song together. Come on, lift up your hands all across this room. Close your eyes this morning. Let's focus on the one that we call King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Let's tell him who he is this morning. Despite your circumstances, despite what you're facing, this is who he is. This is who he will always be. Come on, lift up your voices. Woo! You are wonderful, Jesus. You are beautiful. Lord. Yes. 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 
your name, God. Only you are worthy, Jesus, to receive the glory and the praise and the honor that is due your name. There is no one like you. Nothing on this earth compares to you. You are wonderful. You are glorious. You are matchless, oh God. You're the king of heaven and earth, and you hold the universe in your hands. You created the heavens and the earth, oh God. Jesus, we worship you. We bless your name this morning. And everybody said, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. He is worthy. At this time, we're going to dismiss the children. If you can please remain standing. It is the first Sunday of the month. We are going to prepare to take communion as a church family this morning. The ushers are going to make their way and pass out all the elements. I'm going to be reading to you this morning. I'm going to preach the gospel from Matthew chapter 26, verse 26 through 29. And the reason why we do communion the first Sunday of every month is because Jesus told us to do it in remembrance of him. How many of you guys want to remember Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection, what he did to restore mankind into fellowship with God again? It's only because of Jesus. It's only by the blood of Jesus that we're able to have a relationship with God that is real. It's not religious uh, acts. It's not your good outweighing your bad. It's having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ who came to die on the cross, be buried, and rise again. And at a time when so many people around the world are getting ready to celebrate Easter, you have to understand that when you have a born-again relationship with Jesus, when his spirit has come in you and made you alive, through you repenting of your sin, Easter is every day. We celebrate his resurrection every day. Not just once a year out of religious duty, but he is our king. Jesus has become your Lord. He has become your master. He has become your everything. Amen? In Matthew chapter 26, verses 26 through 29, Jesus is speaking to his disciples at this time, and he's preparing them for his departure because he knows that he's going to be crucified very soon. And this is what he said to them. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many say for many, for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Jesus was crucified. His body was whipped and beaten, nailed to a cross. And he shed his blood for us so that we could be saved so that we could receive the forgiveness of our sins. And it's only the blood of Jesus that can forgive sins. Amen? It's only by the blood of Jesus. And so I would just want you to all prepare your heart this morning. If you're in this room 
and you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, today is the day for salvation. You're not promised tomorrow. Get right with God today. As we prepare to take communion, to take this piece of wafer and drink this juice, symbolically representing his body and blood, remembering what he did for us, I charge you today, I challenge you today, I encourage you this morning, get right with God. If your heart is not right, we're going to pray in just a little bit so that every single person in this room can get their heart ready to, to receive communion. That it's only through his blood. God, I just pray for every single person in this room. If you know you're not right with God, I want you to start talking to Jesus this morning because he hears you. God, I pray for every single person in this room that has not been born again, that has now repented of their sins and turned from their wicked ways. I pray that today will be the day of a new life. I pray, Holy Spirit, that right now you would convict hearts of sin and turn them to righteousness because we know it's because you died and rose again that we could have life and life abundantly, God. And we just thank you so much for your sacrifice, that you took our penalty so that we could live. And we are promised, God, not just life here, life abundantly on this earth, but life eternal. And that one day you will partake of this with us together in your kingdom. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. As the band leads us in worship, I want you to take some time in just a moment, because I'm going to pray for the elements. If that was you and you prayed to Jesus, allow him to forgive your sins. So many people feel they've done too many bad things to come to God. They feel they've done too much bad. They have too many sins to come to Jesus. And they feel like they have to go home and get cleaned and then come back. No, today, his blood is sufficient. His love is sufficient for you. And as the band leads us into worship, we pray for the elements. I want you to take communion with your family. You can sit down. You can remain standing, but partake of this together. Husbands and wives, pray for each other, and let's just seek Jesus because it's all about him. We don't do this because religion tells us to do it. We do it because Jesus told us to remember him. So let's remember him this morning and what he's done. God, we thank you for your blood that was shed on that cross, and we thank you for your body that was beaten and bruised. We lift this up to you this morning, God, and we remember you as we partake of communion together as a family. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please join your families at this time. Sing. 
taking your communion if you could please stand up to your feet with us let's worship this morning and close out this time hallelujah Jesus yes oh God come on lift up your hands lift up your voices Jesus for winning it all for us. You died so that we could live. We give you glory, honor, and praise. 
in Jesus' name. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise again. He is worthy. Worthy, worthy, worthy are you, Lord God Almighty, who is, who was, and is to come. Hallelujah. If you want to get right with God, you prayed that prayer. We have our prayer workers ready to pray with you, to meet with you during our fellowship time in just a few moments. Please see them if you want to have a relationship with Jesus. You want to get plugged into the church. You want to get into our discipleship because God has a plan for your life. Meet him this morning. Amen. At this time, we're going to do our confession of faith. We're going to recite our confession of faith. This is our Christian worldview. If you want a piece of paper, a handout of it in your hand as we recite it, please raise your hand and kind of wave it so the ushers can see you. They will give one to you and we'll wait a few moments. This is our Christian worldview. The reason why we recite this together every week is because this is how we see life. This is how what we base our life on day in and day out. It's upon the word of God. It's upon our faith in him. And so we want to recite it. We want to let the world know where we stand upon our values, our base, off of the word of God. Amen? So if you're ready to do it together on the count of three, let's do it. One, two, three. I believe in one God and creator who is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father who so loved the world, who purchased my salvation and his death, burial, and resurrection. And the Holy Spirit who makes me new and abides in me forever. I believe in the perfect Holy Bible that reveals God's purposes and plans for my life. I believe in the second coming of Jesus who will judge the living and the dead. I believe in the eternal reward of believers in Jesus and the eternal punishment for all unbelievers in Jesus. I believe in the United Church of Jesus Christ built upon apostles and prophets, elders and deacons in which the gates of hell shall not prevail. I believe in the salvation for all mankind, by faith alone, and Christ alone, by God's grace alone, and for the glory of God alone. Amen. Hallelujah. Why don't you take some time and shake somebody's hand, meet somebody that you don't know.
All right, all right, everybody. Good to have you here this morning. Please make your way back to your seats. It's so good to see all the new faces. So good to see all of you here this morning. Welcome to Metro Praise. If you are a first time visitor here, please raise your hand and one of our ushers would like to bring you a brochure, give you a little information about who we are. Amen. Here at Metro Praise, we have two main services, Sundays at 10 a.m., Fridays Elevate Youth Service at 7 p.m. Come on, Elevate, make some noise. Amen. Right now, I want to give you a quick announcement of what we have going on this Easter, April 20th. Somebody say April 20th. We have our Easter service. It's called, what is it called? Can you put it up there for me? Come on, who remembers his name? For his glory. Yes, it slipped my mind. For his glory. Somebody say for his glory. April 20th, Easter service. I got saved on Easter, okay? You guys got family members who, who are not saved? Do you have family members that are not saved? Yes, we all do. Invite them this Easter service and believe that God is going to move on their hearts. Amen. So that's April 20th, 10 a.m. family service. We're going to do a talent show, a talent production, and people are going to come up here and do all of their giftings for his glory. Amen. And we're going to do family portraits. All the information is on the Facebook event page. So find us on there, and it's going to be awesome. Amen. Here at Metro Praise, we got a vision. Somebody say vision. Loving God and loving people. That's what we are, are about. Jesus said those are the two greatest commandments. And how do we carry that out here in this church through this discipleship strategy? First, we want to make sure that everybody is connected to Jesus Christ, that he is Lord and Savior of your life. And then you get connected to a life group. A life group is a place where we share life. And this is a complete listing of what we have in this new quarter that we're starting today. So there's something for everybody. So what I want to do right now is invite all of our life group leaders up to the front. Come on. Yes, give it up for our life group leaders. They're doing great things, sharing life with you, with us, all of them. And I w I'm going to pass the mic. We can have some we more room over here. And they want to tell you who they are and what they're doing at their life group this new quarter. Here you go, we're gonna start with Ishmael. What's going on everybody? Make some noise in this place, come on! Woo, man, I'm hyped. I'm so excited, man, because today we start a new life group for all the single men. If you're a single man, make some noise. Come on, say woo, 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 woo. Yeah, we're gonna meet at Chris's house today and once a month every Sunday, the details are on the uh, flyer. Basically, what we're going to do is get together and just be men of God. Amen? So uh, there's a couple of uh, married men that are going to be a part of it. Chris and I, we're going to be leading it. And I, and I want you, if you're 18 and older, to not only consider it, but to make it a point to be there once a month. Amen? It's going to impact your life in such an awesome way. we got great plans for you. Hanging out, fellowship you know, playing video games and praising Jesus, okay? <laughs> so we're just going to have a blast. And we're going to learn about what it means to be a man of God. Amen? So that's uh, once a month. The dates are, to, I mean, we're meeting today, and the dates are on the flyer. Also, I lead up a uh, fellowship life group. So everybody knows about that. Fellowship life group once a month. If you haven't been partaking in this, what are you waiting for? <laughs> what is it? I'm waiting for an answer. What are you waiting for, guys? We have so much fun bowling and eating and 
eating and bowling and just having fun. This year we're going to have, bar I mean, this season we're going to have a barbecue at my house. This month we're having a, a restaurant revival at Nini's house. And then we're going to hit the beach and just relax and just do some stuff. All right? So, so we love you. Please come. If you have any questions, talk to me, please. I'm, I'm pretty scary, but you can approach me. Amen? Love you. Here's Pastor Jared. Thanks for that introduction. On a lighter note, um, sidewalk counseling. Amen. We go to the abortion mills of Chicago. We're heading out next Saturday, the, uh, the 12th. So you can mark that on your calendar, the 12th. We're meeting at 9.30. We're meeting at the clinic. So what we do there is we stand in the gap for our unborn neighbors. Amen. And so we're going to be out there. Um, we're going to be preaching the gospel. We treat it like evangelism. We preach the gospel to the moms and dads going there to abort their babies. We preach the gospel to the clinic escorts and the staff that are there. And But what we also do is we offer assistance. So if somebody hears the message and says, no, this is a life in me, this is a blessed thing, we offer assistance. Our church is open to those sort of families to bless them and help them in any way they need. So if you want to be a part of that changing lives and saving babies. Uh, come talk to me uh, today. Amen. And here's Pastor Berto with the Adult Bible Study. Yes, my wife and I lead a Bible study every single Friday, every single Friday at 7 p.m. We're over by Lawrence Hick Giddings. We have child care, so those that have children, you can bring them with. I have a two-year-old, so don't, don't feel bad. Okay, you guys, uh, we have one that will take care of them, and then the rest of the adults will hang out, have a Bible study, a good time of prayer and worship. And it's always a good time, also the last Friday of the month, where we have fellowship. It's kind of like just like a party pretty much. So please, I'm the campus pastor here, by the way, Berto. It's my wife, Priscilla. And um, so please come on by. Every single Friday we're there, okay? It's not just a Bible study. We're declaring the word of God, proclaiming his word, amen? Come on. It's, it's, it's alive and effective. It will do something in your heart and your life, okay? So please come. You know, sometimes we hear Bible study and you hear the excitement of the life group, excitement of all this stuff, but this is the Word of God. This is the Word of God. You can't, you can't forget, this is the thing that's going to sustain you and it's going to keep you alive. Amen? So please come on by. And just a quick reminder, yes, give it up for the adult Bible study. Um, all of our information, also, if you want to check us out, we have Facebook event pages. So here's Pastor Deanna with evangelism. Yes. Good morning. I want to let you know. That after you've heard the word of God, after you've experienced God's glory, God's goodness, he says to go out and make disciples of all nations. Evangelism Life Group, man, we're coming here at 5 o'clock every Saturday, praying, interceding for our community, for our generation, and going out and preaching the gospel. This month is Can I Get a Witness Outreach? Because we're going to be witnesses in all this land of the goodness and the glory of God because he saved us. And I want to let you guys know, I'm, my name is Pastor Deanna once again, and the, how I became a Christian, how I come, came into a relationship with God is someone made a relationship with me, shared with me the gospel, shared with me the good news as I was a waitress at Pizza Hut. And now I am here, strong in the faith, and so we need to go back out, make more disciples, amen? Check us out on Facebook. Amen. So that it's Saturdays at 5 p.m. Here is Pastor Vanessa with Encounter Night. Amen. So Encounter Night is a life group that we host every Sunday at 5 p.m. here at the church. And Encounter Night is a life group where you're going to encounter the presence of God. We create an atmosphere of prayer and worship, and we just seek after God's face. 
and God shows up, people get delivered, people get healed, people get set free from different things, and it's a great time of fellowship as well. So come out out every Sunday at 5 p.m. If you have any questions, feel free to ask. Amen. Now it's time for the single mamas. Come on with Pastor Lauren. My name is Pastor Lauren, and I'm the pastor of the Single Moms Life Group. Oh, this life group is amazing. These women are awesome women of God. And if you are a single mom in this place, you are welcome to join us. Come and talk to myself. I will give you the information. Also, the information is on the, on the flyer. But we meet every other Sunday at 5 p.m. And it's just a safe place for you to share your feelings, share what you're going through. And really, we just want to encourage you to live for Jesus. We want to teach you that God is your husband. He will provide for you and your children and just make you an awesome woman of God. Amen? So join us. Amen, amen. My name is Ricky. This is my beautiful, very pregnant wife, Rachel. And we lead the marriage life group. Who's married here? Okay, you guys seem very excited. <laughs> Listen, guys, uh, these next three months, we're going to do date night. We're going to go uh, bowling um, this month, uh, Millennium Park, and then we're going to do Brookfield Zoo. They're going to they're gonna have, like, a special event over there. Tickets are free. Parking is free. So please come on out. Guys, listen to me. Your wife wants a date night, okay? If you have kids, she definitely wants a date night, okay? Once a month, guys. That's all we're asking. Once a month, come on out. Uh, we're going to have a good time. We're going to fellowship, and uh, you won't regret it. It's going to be a great time. So uh, talk to us afterwards. Once a month, uh, I think April 27th uh, this month, but then we're going to do Millennium Park with the outdoor stuff. And the beautiful thing of this is uh, we can can hang out together but there's also going to be an opportunity like Millennium Park where you could just go by yourself and spend some quality time it's healthy for your marriage okay so uh, come and join us amen amen so I just want to reiterate those uh, dates so April 27th marriage outing is the couples bowling May 18th Millennium Park and June 8th Brookfield Zoo you guys got that make sure to get a babysitter hi how many of you guys have kids out there how many of you guys just want to drop them off sometimes? No, Every Wednesday at 6 p.m., okay, we have our Impact and Royal Rangers. And we have fun. We have worship. We have fun. We take them out. We do things with them. We do activities. And we have so much fun. This coming uh, family fun night is going to be ice cream night. And we're going to have so much fun having ice cream. We're currently working on our badges. So bring them on out. You can... For more information, you can click on the MPI Children's Ministry page. Amen. So I just want to tell you a little bit about them as well. They're from newborn, so you have a baby. All the way up to 11 years of age, you can bring them. So we're doing great things with the children, just training them up in the Word of God. Amen. Here's Pastor Christina. Yes, like Pastor Grisella said, I'm Pastor Christina. I'm the assistant youth pastor here at Metro Praise. Elevate. All right, all right. So we have an activity-based life group because we meet every Friday at 7 o'clock. So we want to make time for these youth to fellowship, have fun. So we just ask that every, all of our youth make time once a month. We meet every third Saturday of the month, ages 11 to 18. You are all welcome. Bring your friends. Have a good time. So this month, April 19th, we are meeting at Pastor Adam's house for a pizza bake-off. He has an awesome house. We love hanging out there. It's going to be a good time. Bring your friends. Come ready to compete and eat pizza. Amen. Also coming up, we have a tie-dye your tea event. 
That's happening in May, and then in June, we're playing Ultimate Frisbee at the beach. So get ready, get excited, invite your friends. We want to see you all there. Amen? All right, why don't you guys give it up for our life group leaders. Amen. Thank you so much. You guys can take a seat and everything that God is doing there. Awesome. So there you have it. Those are the life groups that we have going on this entire quarter. If you want a complete listing, they are on the back of your announcements. So why don't you go ahead, look there. And then also on the website, all of the information. And then uh, communicate with us through Facebook. If you have any questions about anything, just reach out to us. We're more than happy to answer them for you. So here's what's going on this week. Tonight we have Encounter Night Prayer Group at 5 p.m. We also have the single men's life group, 18 years and up. So that's awesome at 3 p.m. at Chris's house. Wednesday, we have the King's Kids Life Group at 6.30. Friday, adult Bible study. Come on. Saturday, sidewalk counseling. Yes. And Saturday, evangelism. Powerful times. And every single one of them. Find one that fits you, fits your schedule, and what you're interested in. Amen? So once you get connected to a life group, then what? We want you guys to get mentored, the second part of our discipleship strategy. You do this with one of the leaders here at the church at a time that's convenient for you because we want you guys to get trained up in the word of God because God wants to use you as well. So once you do the one-on-one -on -one discipleship with one of the leaders, you go on to the 201 class with Pastor Jared Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. Just training you up in the word of God and how to live holy and how to share your faith, amen, how to overcome obstacles, different uh, topics that you go through. Very, very important to be trained up. Why? Because God wants to send you out. Third part of our discipleship strategy, be sent out into the world to be a witness for Christ, amen? We got a goal of 100,000 disciples here in the city of Chicago with 50 churches here and 500 all around the world. Amen. If you believe that, come on, give them some praise. God can do it. Amen. And he wants to use you and I to be a part of that. Now it's time to prepare to give. You guys can please turn with me in your Bibles to Genesis 28, 20 through 22. I will be reading out of the Disciples Giving Book. We've been going through various lessons since the beginning of the year, teaching you on tithes and offerings. Do you guys know that tithing is 10% of your total income given to God, right? When you give here at MPI, 10% of that total income takes care of, of the needs here at the church, the general fund. Anytime that you give after that, that goes into your offering. Here at MPI, you can designate where that offering goes to, whether it goes to the building or whether it goes to mission trips. This year, we are taking a trip to the Philippines. Amen? A mission trip to the Philippines at the end of 2000, 2014. And we have asked you to partner with us to raise $20,000 to take this trip out there. We are believing to partner with other churches. Well, we've already partnered with other churches there. And we're going to go out and preach the gospel. We're going to do outreaches. We're going to do evangelism and just many other things to impact this nation. And so far... In the, in the month of March, we raised $1,499. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your giving and believing in what God is doing. So that brings us to a, a total of $6,966. Amen. We are well on our way to completing this goal. All we have left is $13,034. Amen. You guys believe we can do it? Yes, God is doing it through you. 
thank you so much for your giving. If you've committed to this, keep giving faithfully unto, unto the Lord. And those, maybe this is the first time that you're hearing about it, pray. Ask God to give you an amount on what you can do towards this missions trip. Amen? So this morning's lesson is uh, lesson number 14. The tithe is a partnership with God. If you're with me in Genesis 28, 20 through 22, let's read. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will, will be with me and will watch over me on this journey I am taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's household, then the Lord will be my God. And this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. Amen. Here's Jacob making a partnership, committing to to giving unto the Lord. If he gets blessed, he's saying, I'm going to bless you, bless your people, bless your things. It says number one here, the main points. Jacob made a commitment to God, just like how Jacob made a vow, a promise. I'm sorry, just like how Jacob made a vow, which is a promise, to serve God, we should commit our lives to always follow Jesus. And number two, Jacob partnered with God through tithing. In the same way that Jacob was willing to give one-tenth of everything he had in life because he recognized it was from God, we should also be willing to tithe and partner with God. So what does this mean? How do we summarize this? It means make a commitment to serve God all the days of your life and partner with him by giving back 10% of everything that he gives you. Amen? And how do we apply this? Number one, realize that everything you have and will ever have is because of God. Amen. He has blessed us. He's blessed us more. If, if Jesus, if God never did anything else for us, we are already blessed. Amen. And when he blesses, we got to make sure that we give back into his kingdom. Number two, therefore, honor your partnership with God by tithing, not being greedy, stingy, or prideful. Because naked you came into this world and naked you will leave. Only what you do for God will last for eternity. And number three, partnership. When God blesses you, bless him in return. Amen? Are you guys excited and just hungry to bless God's kingdom? Yes, amen. Let's recite this together, this confession over our tithe. The tithe was implied with Cain and Abel, revealed to Abraham, established in the law of Moses, and is still relevant for today. It comes with a blessing and curse. It must be qualitative, a priority, and a faithful practice in our lives. The tithe advances the kingdom of God, tests our maturity, breaks the attitude of greed through obedience, is mandated for all, and brings us into partnership with God and his church. Amen and amen. Please stand to your feet with me this morning. I just want to, to reiterate this. When you give your tithe, it goes to the general fund. You guys are seeing everything that this church is doing for the community. Maybe even, you know, ourselves and being in certain situations, you've been blessed by this church. Amen. Can you say that? Yes, we have been blessed. The community around us has been blessed. Amen. God is doing something powerful, so thank you for your giving. And make sure if you desire to give to offering, circle on your envelope, whether you're going to give to the missions or to the buildings. Amen. And let's recite this scripture together. 
Acts 20, 35, the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for blessing us, dear God, more than we even know, dear God. We thank you for the jobs in this place, dear God, the ability to work, the ability to, to, to be faithful and go to work every single day. Dear God, I just pray for people in this place to just partner with you, to believe in what you're doing, dear God, and just say, God, I'm going to be faithful to the 10% that you require. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray for wisdom over finances, dear God. I pray, dear God, that poverty, dear God, that debt would be uh, broken in the name of Jesus and just blessings to be poured out upon your people. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Please come up as you give. Thank you. Praise the Lord, saints. If you love Jesus, can I get a hallelujah? Amen. Look at your neighbor and go hallelujah. Come on, come on. Man, we got some wonderful things to take care of today. I just want to thank everybody for being here. Thank you for all that you're doing in this church and giving. Raising almost $7,000 in missions just blows my mind. Amen. And not only are we giving to missions, we're helping out Chicago by giving here. Do you know that when we do our King's Kids on Wednesdays, we send out our, our van to the west side and bring as many families who want to come. Every Sunday we give transportation. Every youth group transportation. Every one of those youth events is F-R-E-E free. And when we do Boricua Fest and give away the arroz con candules, I just love saying that, which is coming up in June, by the way. It's all free. So everything you give not only turns on the lights, makes this place awesome and allows us to go overseas. It's making it happen in Chi-Town, baby. Can we give it up for Chi-Town? Come on, aren't you happy to be in Chicago loving Jesus? Amen. We got to do something great here as well. And also, just look at the back of your announcements one more time. Hang that piece of paper on your, uh, uh, your, your refrigerator. Put it in your dresser drawer somewhere where you'll never forget it because that's all the life groups for this semester, April, May, and June. That's how we do our life groups. So it's every first uh, week of the semester. So make sure you take a look at that. And then I'm going to do something really fun and exciting right now. We have a baby dedication. So can I call up Erica Cure, Luis Soto, to come with Ethan Encarnacion Soto. Come on up. Give them a hand clap as they come. Vinny, can you play some nice fun music in the back? I'm going to need the certificate back there as well, Elliot. You know, the Bible talks about dedicating children unto the Lord. Somebody say baby dedication. Now, the reason why we don't do baby baptism, everybody say baby baptism. The reason why we don't do that is because Jesus never did that. How many think it's good to do what Jesus did? Okay, do you think we should make up stuff and do stuff Jesus didn't do? 
No. So should we baptize and pray for our animals? You know, sometimes churches have pet blessing day. I, lo- I know you love your cats, your dogs. Should we bless our pets? No, because Jesus never did that. You can love them. You can hope the best for them. But I'm so sorry, Dito. When your dog dies, it dies. It does not go to heaven. What makes you go to heaven is you have a soul. And that's why you're going to heaven. Your dog is not. And if you got really hungry, you could eat your animal. You could eat your dog. Because God, you're like, yes. This is, just play along with this right now. People already think we're crazy, but it's okay. So here's the reason why we don't do baby baptisms. Not that uh, we're against babies. We love babies. Look how cute this little guy is. You got your little hat on. Man, I'm going to hold him in just a minute. Is that okay? We're going to have so much fun. Eric is from our youth group back in the day. Elevate. Amen. Did you like that? You still heard it? Wasn't that cool? Okay. So here's the deal. Not baby baptism because Jesus never did it. Not pet blessings, any of that, you know. But we know what we do for children. We bless them. We pray for them. Why? Because I Can I show you the scripture? Put it up here, guys, so everybody can see it. Matthew 19, 13. Turn there if you have a Bible. Look at your neighbor and say, that's what he said. So we're just going to do what he said. If you can show me where Jesus said baptize babies. By the way, my wife and I, were on number four. I'll be baptizing babies all the time. I'll be baptizing my baby. I'll baptize your baby. We'll baptize them all in Jesus' name. But he said only baptism was for those old enough to repent of their sins and to ask Jesus into their heart. So sometimes in the natural question that comes next is, what about children who die? What about children who die? See, the idea is, well, we had to baptize them so they'll go to heaven. No, that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven already belongs to children. They're not responsible for the curse of sin. They haven't made a choice yet. They're under God's blessing. Amen? So we don't have to baptize them like we would a sinner, an adult, a young adult, whatever. We don't have to do it. They're already right with God. But as we know, they turn into teenagers. They got to make their choice, don't they? Any teenagers here? Come on. You got to make your choice. Any parents of teenagers? Are you helping them make the right choice? Come on. And that's when you say, serve God. And if they repent of their sins, they can get baptized. Here's what the Bible says. Look at your neighbor one more time and say, that's what he said. Okay? Thank you. Then people brought little children to Jesus. For him to baptize them? No. Everybody say no. Y'all quiet today. Did he bring the, the little children, did they get baptized by him? No. They brought little children for him to what? Place his hands on them clean up their little spittle. Can we get a little rag for the spittle? Because he's got some photos coming up here in a minute. Now watch and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked him. And this is what they said. They didn't, it doesn't say it here, but they were like, Jesus, you're too busy for children. So some of you might think, man, this is church time. It's time for pastor to preach. It's not time to talk about children. You have the wrong heart. See, the disciples tried to rebuke the parents and say, stop bringing your children to Jesus. But Jesus said, come on, somebody say, Jesus said. This is my man right here. Jesus said, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them. Why? For the kingdom of heaven. You got to testify. Oh, preach, come on. Because the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Come on, who did Jesus say the kingdom belonged to? Can you just point to this little one right here? See, babies and little ones. And this little one right here, the kingdom of God belongs to children. And when he placed his hands on them, he went on from there. 
All right, so we're just going to place our hands on this child. We're going to bless this child. Also, Psalms 127, 3 through 5 says, Children are a heritage from the Lord, an offspring, a reward from him. So you're rewarded, man. It's like you won the lottery, amen? Would you rather have this baby or a million bucks? The right answer. All right, come on. See, I would rather have children than a million dollars. Money can come and go, but what you have here, you can never buy with money. Isn't that awesome? That's what the Bible said. Amen. Now people look at children as a burden. It's a problem. No, children are a blessing. Amen. Sometimes they don't always act like little blessings. Sometimes you got to whoop them to remind them how much of a blessing. You are a blessing to me. Don't you forget it now. You ruining the blessing. Sometimes you got to do that. That's all right. You do it in love. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring, a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior, my friend. Listen to this, man. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior is children born in your youth. So when you're young and you give your youth to children, God says you're like a mighty warrior. See, a lot of people in our generation just want to party and waste their young adult years and have a child when they're 40. When they're graduating high school, they're coming down, to, you know, coming down with the great. No, I want to give my best years to my kids, not to party and waste it. I want my kids to be able to play football with me, have fun. Are you guys tracking with me? So we should give our youth, not being immature, but give our best years to our children. Can I get an amen for that? Blessed is whose man's quiver is full. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in the courts. God says that if you have a lot of children and you do it right, God will bless you, okay? And so the first blessing we got to get is a marriage blessing. Can I get an amen? Okay, so we want to see a marriage blessing. Y'all ready right now? Look, I'll let you borrow this. Somebody else got a ring? Okay, just remember that, right? We're blessing the child. We love you, but I'm just telling you, marriage is going to be what ties that together. Okay, because you all don't want to go to hell and this one goes to heaven, all right? Because he said you cannot do those kinds of things and go to heaven. you got to be married. Save it for the marriage bed. So just start with him tonight. Just tell him right now, we ain't doing anything until you put a ring on it, okay? And you'll see, you'll see how fast a dude will marry a woman once the woman says you are not getting any until you put a ring on it. That dude will empty out his bank account, sell his car, sell his Nikes. He'll pawn everything he has. Because he'll know. He'll know. He ain't getting none until he got a ring on it, right? Oh, So I just want to encourage you guys as parents, father, since you're raising a son, always set an example that you would be proud of if he got older and did what you did. So we don't want children to say, I only hear my dad tell me to do stuff, but I don't see my dad doing good stuff. So you want to live by example. So what you want to ask yourself right now, Am I the kind of man I want him to be when he's my age? If there's anything that's out of alignment, put it in alignment today. God will help you. And the same thing with you, mother. You are the best example he'll ever see of a wife. So the kind of woman that you want him to marry is the kind of woman you want to be. Always exemplify that in his life. And I know you guys are going to love him. Amen. Is there anything you all want to share? Anything? Do you want me to call up some of your family so we can pray together now? Some of the family, would you guys come? Let's give it up for the family who comes, the Soto family, the Cure family. Anybody here? Aunts and uncles. Where did the name Ethan come from? I don't know. I just like it. <laughs> Sounds cool. I like it, right? What movie? Real spiritual up here. Got names from movies. We know Incarnacion, where that came from. Where is Ishmael? Ishmael, will you come up here and serenade him? Did he disappear? Where is Ishmael? 
Can somebody grab Ishmael? We are going to have him serenade this baby before we pray. You guys look so cool. Man, I like your hair. I'm growing out my hair long too. Can I get mine braided like yours? Maybe. Okay. They're just so shy. So who do we got here? Can you introduce some people? Um, this is my boyfriend, Louis. Um, that's my mom, Maria. It's my mother-in-law, Ida. It's my niece, Honesty. My nephew, Josiah. My sister, Catrice. Her daughter, Haven. My other sister, Jill. So I'm awesome. Glad to have you guys here. We're going to pray for you in just a moment after we find out where our singer is who is going to dedicate a song to this young man right here. Do we know where he went? Maybe he had a family emergency. Can somebody text him just so we can know he's okay? I'm going to do my best. Incarnacion. Let's get this. That look you just made was like, that look was, yeah, he did that look. That's what you just did to me. That's okay. I know I can't sing, but you look good. Let's all stretch our hands towards this wonderful couple and their family. Father God, we ask you to bless Erica as the mother. We ask you to bless, oh, Father God, Lewis as the father, and now baby Ethan, oh, Lord. Would you just let him grow up to be strong, to always know and love you? May he always do what's right, obey you. If he stumbles and falls, may he get back up. Be the kind of man that you called him to be. And, Lord, I thank you for moms and dads, aunts and uncles that are going to be supporting them behind the scenes, God, helping to babysit those that are younger here as cousins and friends. God, I pray that they'll just surround this young man with good influence, uh, love, and, and care, oh, Lord. And may these family members work together to see Ethan become all that you created him to be. He is a blessing, and we thank you for him today. In Jesus' name, can everybody say amen? Amen. Let's bless the Lord. Come on. We're going to put on some happy music in the background. They're going to take a picture with this certificate. And would you just talk to your neighbor real quick about how much you love babies right now? We're going to take a couple pictures. Family, if you want to do that, you can do that now. Ishmael, Erica, can you just bring the baby over here real quick, Ishmael? <laughs> okay, here goes. When the fantasy has ended. <laughs> hey, what am I doing with this? <laughs> 
and all the children are gone. Something good inside me helps me to carry on. I ate some bugs. I ate some grass. I used my hand to wipe my tears, to kiss your mouth. I break my vow. No, 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 no way, Jose. <laughs> Unless you want to, then we break our vows together. Encarnacion! 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 Yes! Amen. Y'all may be seated. Thank you. What baby dedication could you ever expect that to happen? Only here. That's why you got to come every week. We're starting a new sermon series through the whole book of Matthew, a uh, whole chapter of Matthew 5, 6, and 7 called Sermon on the Mount. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to get into it today. Thank you guys for joining us. I don't have a long message, but it will be powerful. Matthew chapter 5. Today's message is on salt and light. We're going to be learning why Jesus said that we should be salt and light, how important this must be. All throughout this series, I want to challenge you on Facebook as they put up the title real quick. If you have anything on Facebook or Twitter that you think relates to the Sermon on the Mount, which is, which is going to be the Lord's Prayer, loving your enemies, you know, not being angry with people, uh, not committing adultery with your heart, uh, you know, these different things, giving to the poor, I want you to put hashtag Kingdom Basics. Let's blow up Facebook and Twitter this month and the, and the few weeks after that with Kingdom Basics. Can everybody say Kingdom Basics? Okay, thank you. Let's go to our text today, Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. It's good to have the air conditioning on right now, isn't it? Getting heated up in here, man. We're about ready to have a spring. I think we're going to have a spring this week. Does anybody think we're going to get a little bit of spring weather? Amen. Come on, get your beach bods ready. Talking about my guys. It's like, okay, Matthew 5, 13. You are, everybody say, you are. Come on, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and be trampled underfoot. You are, everybody say you are. Thank you. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. Let me say everyone. Thank you. Thank you. In verse 16, in the same way, let your light, everybody say your light. Thank you. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Somebody say salt and light. Look at your neighbor and say, are you salty? Amen. Look at your other neighbor and say, get your bling on or get your shine on. Okay, I want to give you a couple definitions to this sermon series. Throughout the whole series, as we go through the Sermon on the Mount, I want you to know what's going on. Number one, the Sermon on the Mount is the longest portion of Jesus' teachings found in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. When we did the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, that was the introduction to the Sermon on the Mount. Now we're going to go through all the others. Everybody say, disciples. 
Thank you. The ones that Jesus is talking to that he called up on this mount or mountainside is disciples, committed followers of Jesus. So get this picture in your mind. Jesus is up on a mountain, grassy hill, maybe some rocks sticking out. And he says, come on, disciples, let's hang out here for a while. And he was probably there for three or four days just teaching them, pouring into them. And I want to know, do I have any disciples here today? Born-again students and followers of Jesus Christ. So to be a disciple, you're born again, and you decide to follow Jesus. You're a disciplined follow. Jesus is your master and you are his follower. Number three, everybody say kingdom of God. Thank you. Everything that he's teaching about is the kingdom of God. See, we live in America, and to be here, you have to be in good terms with the American government. To be an American citizen, you have to be in good terms with our government. If you're not, you get arrested. If you're not from here, they'll send you back. God is going to now teach us everything about his kingdom. If you want to be in his kingdom, you do things his way. That's why he's going to teach us when somebody slaps you, turn the other cheeks, turn the other cheek, because that's what you do in his kingdom. When he's talking to men, he says, don't lust after women in your heart, because that's like adultery. That's the rules of his kingdom. Somebody say his kingdom. Amen. The kingdom is always about a king. So he's going to teach us all about the kingdom basics, what we need to do in that kingdom. And so don't ever forget you're in his kingdom. You may live in America. You may live in your parents' house and all of that may have rules of its own, but there is the most important rules of order is the kingdom rules, what God is saying. Does anybody believe that? Amen. Now let's get into this message, salt and light. Have you ever thought about what salt is? We use it every day. But salt is actually a mineral compound that's primarily made of sodium chloride. It's an important part of our life. When you think about health, a, a doctor said, he or she, her name is Dr. A, or director of Maggie's Women Hospital. She said salt is the most essential part of your body for health because your body can't make it, but your body cells need it to function optimally. Now, we know that we can have too much salt, and it's not good for us, but without salt, you cannot survive. As a matter of fact, that we can still use salt, as they did in ancient times, to cleanse wounds and to take salt baths to help rejuvenate our body. Has anybody ever taken a salt bath? Any spa treatment type folks here? Amen. Let me know next time you go. I want to try that. Okay? Not only is salt important for our health, but Jesus also understood it was important for food. Not just to make food taste better, but to preserve food. If you're living in the ancient world, how do you make the meat that you just got off your, your sheep that you just killed, how do you make that last for months so you don't let it go to waste? What are you going to use? Salt. Does anybody like beef jerky here? Salt preserves food even to this day. Like beef jerky, canned food. Sometimes it's got too much salt though, right? I mean, we got to be careful with some of those things, things that come from microwave food or things like that, too much salt, but the reason why it's there is because it acts as a preservative, it did back then and it does today, and also you can use salt today to melt ice, how many are glad we have salt on the roads, it melts ice, if you didn't know why it did it, it actually brings the temperature of water down and it dissolves it and it allows it not to be concentrated into solid ice and makes it into water, and also you can use it for gravel, and you can see that sometimes salt is really thick, you know, because it comes in a compound, it doesn't always come in little fine granules, it can become a part of the gravel. So if you look at these three things that Jesus was probably referring to when he said that the disciple will be the salt of the earth, he's talking about salt's necessary for health, it's necessary for food, and it's necessary for other common uses in a society. So what do we think it means? Everybody say influence. Thank you. We believe that Jesus was saying, you are the salt of the earth. You are the influence of the earth. You are an important part of the health of the earth. You are an important part of the moral flavor of the earth. How many watch TV and spiritually you're like, pah, pah, 
I don't like the way this tastes because there's too much vulgarity on TV. How many have listened to some of the music that's going on today and you don't like what it's about? You see, we're supposed to be the salt of the earth. We're supposed to flavor TV. We're supposed to flavor the movies. Anybody ever seen God's Not Dead yet? That's a good movie. We should support movies like that. Why? Because it's salting Hollywood. It's, it's teaching people this is what God's about. And we are not to be trampled on, Jesus said. So that shouldn't be our role, even though it could be. So salt is influence. And what does that literally mean? The disciples' life in this world by obeying God's commands makes a difference. So somebody say, I'm the salt of the earth. Now, he didn't say your pastor is just the salt of the earth. He didn't say just that pope or priest or someone far off in the distance. He said, you are the salt of the earth. So you can't put this off on somebody else and say, pastor, you know what? Nobody's perfect. We all make mistakes. I'm not really good at being a Christian, but at least I come to church, get off my back. No, you can't do that. Jesus is saying to you, I expect you and you, everyone listening, I expect you to be that salt. And here's the warning that he gives. Go back to the passage, please. Look at it. It's very serious. He says, you are the salt of the earth in verse 13. And he says, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and be trampled underfoot. You want to be the kind of salt that's for people's health and for the flavor. You don't want to be the kind of salt that people walk on. Now, how does salt lose its saltiness? Look at the notes. Because it's a compound, salt actually can't be broken down anymore. It is what it is unless you use some high-powered chemistry tools. So it's not like it can just dissolve. It is a compound. But what happens is salt loses its influence. When I was living in New Orleans, they would make gumbos. Does anybody here know what I'm talking about, gumbo? Anybody like gumbo? Come on. Gumbo has a flavor to it, cayenne pepper and salt and seasonal and all these different flavors. Now imagine if you're making a gumbo and it's supposed to have two gallons of liquid, two gallons of water. You're cooking it maybe in one of those big pots you're going to have your friends and family over. And it, this recipe asks for a certain amount of salt, and so maybe it's a half a tablespoon or something like that, and it's meant exactly for that two gallons. But let's say you decide to have a big party and get one of those big, like, 10-gallon pots, and you're going to put it outside in your backyard with the flame. You know what I'm talking about? You're going to cook it out back like sometimes we boil hot dogs here in the church. And now imagine using that same amount of salt in a pot that fills up with that much water. Would the salt that was meant for two gallons of water be salty enough in 10 gallons of water? It would lose its effectiveness. So what is Jesus really telling us here? He is telling us that salt, when it loses its influence, it is no longer good for anything. You might as well just take that salt you were going to put in there and just throw it on the ground because it does nothing. There's no point in putting that little bit of salt into this great big pot of water. It has no influence. And the question that I want to ask you today is in the world that you live in, on your job, in your family, the places where you go, the friends that you have, do they feel your influence? Or is your Christian testimony really good for nothing? I don't know if she's a Christian. She sure doesn't act like it here. Is that what a coworker would say about you? There's not enough influence of God and obedience to his commands that you can influence their life? 
So Jesus is basically saying, if you're calling yourself a Christian, but you're not salting the world you're living in, your salt's basically good for nothing. Now, some of us might say, well, well pastor, that offends me. But you've got to take that up with Jesus. You see, in our world, we always want to give an E for effort, don't we? We want to say to our children, well, maybe you didn't learn all of your ABCs, but maybe you got to, you know, MOP or something. Yeah, you're great. You know, there you go. You're good. And in that sense, it's cool. It's like, yeah, you know, they did their best. But salvation in Christian living is not based on human effort. It's not you trying to do better, do better, do better. No, the Christian life is trusting God, trusting God, and allowing God to transform your life. So the person that's really calling themselves a Christian but has not been transformed and influencing the world is an indictment against God and the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, we think it's about our effort, that people are going to look at us saying, well, you're not making enough effort. No, what they're really going to say about you is your God must not be all that powerful. Because if your God can't change your life and you go to church all the time, why should I go at all? You don't seem to be changing. If God's not powerful enough to heal your marriage, to help you with your children, why should I even look to that? See, that amount of salt in the world is good for nothing. But when the world is flavored by your influence, when they see something in your life that impacts them, your salt touches their water and rue and that gumbo, and they start to get flavored by it, and they like that smell and aroma. That salt right there is good. It's serving its purpose. When they have a wound in their life, and you can rub in your counsel and advice, and it makes that wound heal, they're thankful that you're in their life. See, you were called to be the salt of the earth. You weren't called to let the world influence you. You were called to influence the world. They should be happy, literally, that you're sitting at their table just like if you had some bland food, you would be happy some salt would be there. They should be happy, oh, my friend sits with me at lunchtime because she always encourages me. I'm so glad that I see so-and-so at family reunions because they always encourage me. I know that this person I can call up when I'm going through something because they're going to help heal my wounds. Are you the salt of the earth? See, the application in our life, turn there with me to Colossians 4, 6, is going to come in how we live and how we talk. And being salty is not having a sassy attitude. Look at your neighbor and say, being salty ain't being sassy. Some of you are like, I'm salty right now, Pastor, because we, we asked each other at the beginning, are you salty? And some people, oh, yeah, I'm real salty. And don't, you don't want to find out. No, being salty is not being sassy. Being salty is being full of grace. Whew, come on, somebody. People need grace in their life. Anybody will cuss them out if they get caught off in traffic. But you are to give them grace when they cut you off in traffic. Anybody can get annoyed when somebody doesn't pay you back, when someone doesn't do what they promised. But can you forgive them? You see, God wants us to flavor this world with grace. Doesn't mean we become a doormat. It doesn't mean that we kept letting people do whatever they want. But we're saying to people, I'm willing to forgive you. I'm willing to look past your mistakes. I'm willing to set an example of someone serving God that has had mistakes as well. 
You see, that's what Christ is asking us to do when he says, be the salt of the earth. Paul understood the same concept. Of course he did, because he was an apostle of Jesus, taught by Jesus. And look at what he writes to the church of Colossae. That's why it's called Colossians. They lived in the city of Colossae. He said, let your conversation sometimes be full of grace and sometimes full of curse words. Is that what it said? Let your conversation be what? Always full of grace, seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. Our lives should salt the lives around us in a good way. With what? Grace. How many people think we need some grace in this world today? What is grace? It is God's power of forgiveness and God's power of transformation. Not only are we to forgive people, but we're also to help change the lives that they're living. So when we think about salt... Not only does it flavor and do that, which is wonderful, that has that kind of influence, but salt in the body produces health. My marriage should be the greatest example to anyone in this church of my life as a husband. I didn't say it should be your greatest example. I'm saying my greatest example of being a husband should come in my marriage. Not just from the words I say. Not just from the Facebook posts I put up. You know some guys try to get away with that treat their wife like garbage all throughout the week. Then they try to make it up, put some roses on her desk or something. They put it up on Facebook, and all the other girls are like, oh, I wish I had a man like that. No, you don't. You don't know how he's been acting crazy all week. He's trying to make it look good right now. You don't know what's going on, right? Let's just keep it real. And some guys are like, oh, I wish I had a girl like that. She's wearing all those booty shorts, getting ready to go down to Humble Park. You know what I'm talking about, Boricua Fest coming up. It's like, Lord, help me, Jesus. Lord bless them. Somebody else got a witness to them right now, you know. Same thing at Mardi Gras. You know, beautiful women, sometimes guys, they look at these bonitas senoritas, and they're like, oh, that's what I want. No, you don't. Because she might have already dumped three dudes, cheated on two others. You have no idea what you're getting into. See, we don't look at the flesh. We don't look at the outside. I'm going to say the same. I'm saying all that. The same thing about a pastor. Don't just look at what you see up here on Sunday, but I'm going to show you a little bit, though. Come on up here, boobster boo. This is my boobster boo. I'm going to show you how we do it. <laughs> well, no, we ain't done. <laughs> I'm going to love on you a little bit. See, this looks good right here, right? You could take a picture of it, put it on Facebook. Oh, my pastor and his wife, they love each other. They look so good. But you don't know how I act at home. You don't know if I'm really the kind of salt that God wants me to be full of grace, full of kindness, always encouraging her. But if you get into my life and you see that what you, what you see up here is what's really going on behind the scenes, see, that's a testimony of God's grace. That's my biggest testimony as a husband, this marriage. It's not what I put on Facebook. It's not what I do for others to see. It's what her heart is like every day. It's what is she feeling right here. Amen. Can we give it up for the boobster boo? Love you. Can you say that about your marriage today? Children, can you say that about your parents? My parents are my greatest testimony. A lot of times we see teenagers get saved, and then they get so sassy, they want to go back to their parents and say, oh, you, you taught me wrong. You taught us to do this, and we're not supposed to go to a priest for confession. And they argue and fight with their parents. Is that what the Bible says to do? Young people, show your children how much you love God. Uh, uh, young people, show your parents how much you love God by rebuking and yelling and arguing with them. No, it says show them how much you love God 
by always being full of grace. So teenager, don't run to me saying, my pastors don't understand my Christianity and all this. And then when I talk to them, they say, no, it's really you don't know how to clean your room. When I ask you to do stuff, you argue, and you make going to church an excuse. See, live your life in such a way, young people, even if your parents weren't Christians or didn't go to a church like this, they could still come here and say, thank you. Thank you, because I see grace in their life. When they make a mistake, they admit they're wrong. They're teachable. I see them doing the things I'm asking them to do, get good grades, etc. So that's how young people show it. Let me just talk to all the working folks here. Anybody have a job, a J-O-B, amen? Are you happy you're working, amen? The economy maybe is picking up a little bit. If I talk to your boss, would he say you're full of grace? Or would he say you're full of beep? (laughs) Full of beep. Would your boss say, oh, yeah, she's full of grace. I love her. Yeah, she's full of grace. She's easy to, go, uh, to get along with. She works hard, comes early, stays late. Other coworkers like working with her. She gets the tasks done. And she sets a standard in the office. He or she is the person that I want to have in this company and keep seeing them be promoted. Is that your testimony? Because that's your greatest opportunity there to season the job. And those of you who have employees, would your employees say about you, I love my boss? Oh, no, I don't want, I would rather turn down a promotion and get more money than to leave this place because this work environment is, is something I wouldn't trade for a couple thousand extra a year. Do you know that there's businesses like that? Hello? There's businesses that will actually keep employees even though they can't pay them as much as others, but because they treat them so well and their work environment is so encouraging and thriving that employees say, I would rather stay here even if I got an opportunity to go somewhere else. Bosses, is that what they say of you? Are you full of grace? Now, we know that being graceful sometimes means we have to tell the truth. Sometimes we do have to maybe get into an argument, conflict, and we've talked about how to resolve it. But at the end of the day, when you're in that conflict, when you're dealing with it, are you full of grace? And are you changing the atmosphere, the world, the the places that you are? That's what Jesus called you to be. If you're not that today, he says your salt's worth nothing. And so I ask you to repent of the things you're doing to tarnish your name. The things that you're pouring into your life that are causing you to lose influence, whether it's an attitude, whether it's a lust and, and, and selfishness, whatever's ruining your marriage, your family, your job, whatever it is, repent of it. Amen. That's a good thing, right? And get it out and let him change you. Can I hear an amen? Vinny, would you, uh, or rather Rachel, would you come please? In closing, he said we're the light of the world. Look at the notes, please. Let me give you this big old definition, and you know I'm not a scientist, so I have no idea what this is. Light is electromagnetic radiation that is visible to the human eye and is responsible for the sense of sight. Now, I have no idea what electromagnetic radiation is, but I know what light is. And I know if the lights were out right now, it would be really dark. (laughs) Okay? What is light? It's light. That's my definition. Stuff that's bright, you know. Well, think about what Jesus was saying. You're the light of the world. He goes on further to say that you don't take a lamp and hide it under a bowl or a bushel. Instead, you put it on a stand up here for everybody to see. And look to the text, please, so they can see it in our notes. It's always online, by the way, on our website or on our Facebook page, these notes. Verse 16, he makes it very, very clear about light. In the same way, let your light shine before men. How? 
that they may see your good, what? Good deeds. They may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So if salt is influence, what is light? Light equals illumination. Light illuminates things, pushes back the darkness. You know that no matter how dark a room is, even the smallest light can dispel that darkness. You never see like darkness and light having a tug of war. Like, oh, no. Light always pushes back the darkness. Sometimes many here in this church, you get saved and you say, Pastor, my family is dark. My job is dark. My neighborhood, where I came from, is dark. Can I encourage you today? The light inside of you will always push back the darkness. The light inside of you will always push back the darkness. Don't give up. Keep shining. We teach our children this little song. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let your light shine. Keep living for God. What is the application? Well, light gives us sight. We can see because of it. It gives us life. Without the sun producing light, photosynthesis couldn't happen in the plants. That's another big word. All I know is they eat light. Plants eat light. That's how I say it. That's what they do. So if plants didn't eat light, animals couldn't eat plants. We couldn't eat animals nor plants. We would die, let alone being in pitch darkness. Heat. And the kind of light Jesus is talking about is most likely a flame, a combustible light coming from something combusting. Because I know there's different kinds of light, like infrared light and all these other things that I'll get confused about if I try to tell you. But the bottom line is the kind of light he was talking about produces heat. So the application in the believer's life is simple. Let your good deeds light up the world around you so people can see God. Let your good deeds be the kind that give life to others around you, not death, inspires them to have the God kind of life. And let your life be so much on fire that those who feel they're far away from God and can't find them themselves can come to you and see and say, I feel the heat of God in your life. I know he's real. Even though I'm not seeing him right now or, or feeling him in my life, I can see him in your life. You're producing heat. That's what it means to be on fire for God. You say, Pastor, God's called me to do all that? Yes. By his power and grace, he actually called you to be the light of the world. He didn't say, I alone in the light of the world. Of course we know that would be true. There is none like our God. But he takes it one step further. He said, you now, because you're with me, you now are the light of the world. Turn with me quickly in closing to Ephesians 5, verses 8 through 20. Somebody say, make it plain. Yes, I will, in Jesus' name. Are you salty? And then, the, no, not like, are you salty in that way, but in God's way, are you salty? And the other question I want to ask you is this. Are you burning bright for Jesus? Can I see Jesus in you? Can your coworkers, can those who are in darkness come to you and see a way out? Can people who are suffering and alone, cold in their heart, feel the warmth of God in your prayers? How many here ever had a praying mom? I grew up knowing that my mom knew how to pray. It was like my mom knew how to put a bonfire in everything we did. I'd be living for the devil, smoking and doing drugs. I would sit around the table, 
just at the table. I'm, I'm being 100% honest with you. She would just bow her head and pray. Woo! I feel Jesus. I feel, I feel Jesus. I'm telling you. I would be in the car with her. She would put on worship music. I hate, I would tell her, I hate that. I don't care. I love it. And she would just start singing it. Literally, I'm being honest with you. Literally, fire just came in that car. I could feel Jesus. I would say, get me out of here. 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 See, God says we're supposed to have that influence on people's lives. There was one man named Charles Finney. He was riding a train, just like how we have buses and trains. He was just riding a train. He got down, and he just was reading his little pocket Bible. All of a sudden, people just started coming to tears. They said, we, I, I, I don't know what's going on, but I feel Jesus right now. I feel God. I feel God like he's looking at my life. I feel like I'm close to him right now, and I don't know what to do about it, but i got to get some junk out of my life. He started preaching right there in the, in the, uh, in the train. Another time he went to a factory and he was just talking to some factory workers and it started just with a couple. Hey, I hear you're a pastor or a leader. I need you to pray for me. Then others started coming. Before you know it, they had to call off work and say, this man's going to preach to all of us because God's glory is on him. We're all feeling Jesus walked in the building when this person walked in the building. Now, is that a surprise? No, because Jesus said you're the light of the world. The same way we would feel around Jesus, we should feel around each other. We're his disciples. Y'all, some of y'all believe it, some of you ain't. Let me ask you this. When Karate Kid got taught by Mr. Miyagi, could he not do that crane kick like Mr. Miyagi? Was he not able, what? Was he not able to do that? If you hang around Jesus, shouldn't you be like Jesus? Come on, amen. Look at this in closing. Ephesians 5, 8 through 20. For you once were in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Some of you say, well, Pastor, I don't know all this church stuff. Find out what pleases God. Start our discipleship. Learn what pleases Him and do it. And get your shine on. Verse 11, have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Will people steal on my job? Have nothing to do with it? Report it to a manager. Yes, expose sin in your life when it's to the benefit of the people around you. If you're living in a communist country and nobody cares, okay, deal with it. But if you're on a job and they believe in honesty and you see somebody cheating, you bring it up, even if it means you get ostracized. Why? Because you're called to be the light. You know somebody cheating on their spouse. You know something going wrong. You get involved and you help bring peace to that situation. Don't make a mess. Bring peace. Expose it because somebody deserves to know the truth about their marriage, do they not? You know a crime's about ready to happen. You know a neighbor's about ready to be violated. You know something shady is on your job or in something, a part of your life. Shouldn't we be those kind of people? Amen have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. It's shameful to talk about what most people do, but now you know what they do. They put it on MTV. They put it on reality shows. And the Bible says most of this stuff you're seeing, we're not even supposed to talk about because it's dark and it's filthy. It's shameful to mention it. But verse 13, uh, verse 13, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. See, look at that. This is talking about combustion probably. That, that, that First, the fire illuminates things. Then you start putting things in the fire. It becomes a part of the fire. 
God is a consuming fire, the Bible says. So he's just not shining around you. He is shining in you. He is consuming you and burning and setting your life on fire. That is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. You feel like you're dead on the inside? Wake up today. Live for Jesus. Let him shine on you. Be very careful, verse 15, how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are what? Evil. You ever hear people talk about, man, I know we're in the last days. I know this stuff's messed up. It's evil. That's right. The Bible said it's evil. Make the most of every opportunity. Be wise. Therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of God is. Now he's going to give us some examples, okay? Whenever I read an example, if you believe this is how you can get your shine on, say amen. Don't get drunk with wine which leads to a debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Amen. Speaking psalms and hymns, uh, singing, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs of the Spirit. Amen. Sing and make music from your heart. Amen. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of Jesus Christ. How do you become the light of the world? You let Jesus consume you with his fire. You let Jesus consume you. You find out what pleases him. You do it. You avoid the evil. Stay in that light. And watch what God will do in your life. Start right there and watch what will happen. Some of the testimonies will come from your coworkers, your friends and family. They'll say, what happened to you? Why are you different? Why do I got to wear shades when I come around you? I can't cuss like I used to around you. I can't talk this way. I can't cheat this way. Why? What's different? Because God's on the inside of me. I can't can't do what I used to do. You shouldn't feel comfortable doing those things around me anymore because I'm getting my shine on for Jesus. Amen. Can we stand up and give the Lord a hand clap of praise because he said we are the salt of the earth. Come on, the light of the world. Come on, bless him. Not a preacher, but bless the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Altar workers, would you come please? Let's pray in closing. Father, I pray you'll make us the salt of the earth and the light of the world. I pray that no one will leave out of here today making excuses. With every head bowed and eyes closed, we're going to get ready to dismiss and sing some songs for Jesus. And you're going to be more than welcome to stay, but if you have to go, you will be dismissed. But before you do, I want you to ask yourself, do you need prayer today to become salty for Jesus, to be seasoned in this world? And do you need your life to be set on fire for God? Band, would you come? Just with every head bowed and eyes closed, come on, give God 30 seconds before you leave here today. Are there things in your life that need to change? Oh, God, show us these areas of our life right now. We ask you, Father, to expose anything in our life that is not of you. Anything that we've allowed to come in to take away our influence any darkness that we're living in and not allowing your light to shine just a few more moments I'm going to give you two examples to think about in prayer and then we'll dismiss but think of these examples right now number one when you are salted on your job and placed there as Saul. Like think about God sprinkling you and he says, this is the job I want you to work at. When you get there, do you have a godly influence? Just yes or no. Number two, when God salts you in your family and he says, this is your family. Now that you're saved, this is what I want you to, to do in your family. I want you to be an influence. Are you an influence in your family? 
And then lastly, when he salts you in your community with your neighbors, wherever you live, are you a good influence to your neighbors? So your family, your job, and your neighbors. If there are things that are coming to your mind right now and you're like, no, I'm not really like I'm supposed to be, those are the things we want to pray with you today about. And then my last example, thinking about light. Is your light enough to give people guidance in their life for the things they're going through? Can you illuminate a pathway for them? Are you the kind of person that can give good advice, wisdom? And are you the kind of person that gives life with your words? Grace, life. So not only do you set an example and you help people, but you can just speak into their lives life. If you don't have those things or God's convicting you and he's saying these things in your life need to change, as I get ready to dismiss, I'm going to ask you to come forward, find an altar worker, let them pray with you because that's what God wants you to work on today. And he, he wants you to leave out if you're just like me and everybody else, being confident that you're the salt of the earth, always seasoned with grace, and you're the light of the world, illuminating the path for others and giving them inspiration. Father, I ask that every one of us who might have been convicted of things in our life that need to change, I pray we won't leave out of here until they do. As the band begins to sing right now, God, I pray that we will change our lives in your presence and that, Lord, no one will make an excuse because, God, you're worth living this life for. Even if people make fun of us, reject us, you're worth it in Jesus' name. I want to be your salt in your life in Jesus' name. Can everybody say amen? Would you bless him here today with a hand clap of praise? Amen. God bless you. You are dismissed. The band is singing. If you want to come, come on, and we'll pray with you. Otherwise, have a great day. God bless you. Come on, band. Let's sing it together. Come on, we're going to talk about fire now. We're going to believe God to set our lives on fire. We're believing God to transform us today. That no one's leaving out here the same way they came in. For those that have to go, we love you. God bless you. But those that need prayer, come on. Just let us pray for you. Let us encourage you. Let the salt of God season you. Let his life put you on fire today. Satan, we rebuke you. We rebuke your lies. We command you to leave in Jesus' name. Every person coming forward, Lord, I pray you encourage them. Lift them up today. Let them be that influence and illumination. Jesus, we love you today. Show me your heart. Show us your heart, Show God. Your That's part of what we learned today. Is that if we don't know, we should understand. We should seek it out to know what pleases God. Show me to know what he wants us to do. Show me
Yes, God. Show me your glory. Show me Come on, one more time. Show me your heart, oh God. Show me your heart. Show me your ways. Show me your glory. Come on, we sing it out. Fire fall down. Fire fall down. Fire fall down. On us we pray. As we sing. If you need prayer, come on up. If you're just worshiping, worship with us. Jesus, we pray for your fire today. Oh, God, set my brother's life on fire. Let his family see him burning for you. His wife, his children, all that he does, God. Let him be a burning light for you, salting his relationships with your grace. In Jesus' name. Today, God. 